All right, Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, and that's a great song, and, and we need to return to the place where we've left him. And many people have left their first love, and, and if you think about that song, the lyrics of that, and what it means for you if you apply it to your life, uh, you know, think about where, where uh, that moment was. It could have been a moment in time, could have been a series of things, but uh, to where your heart was transferred from Jesus uh, to something else. Uh, maybe it was a relationship, could be uh, some type of pursuit in, in life, whether it's work or, uh, or much of what uh, the writer writes about in the book of Ecclesiastes, and, uh, and your focus on God uh, isn't the same. Uh, the Bible is very clear, and this is the title of the message for those of you in the back. Uh, uh, it's, this is what it's all about, and we're going to read that conclusion that some uh, that, uh, that Solomon leaves here in, in chapter number 12, uh, but we have uh, many people, uh, and in more times than one, I think uh, there's been so many times in my life where I've gotten out of, uh, out of relationship with God in, in that focus, uh, in that fellowship, uh, and then back again, and then off, and then back again. I'm grateful that God is patient. Um, I'm thankful that God gives us uh, many, many chances uh, when we blow it uh, and we get out of fellowship with Him. Uh, and the things of God, uh, and even reading, you should get excited about reading the book of Leviticus uh, and, uh, and Exodus and Numbers and, uh, and, and get in there and see all that God says and what He required of His people uh, it ought to make you grateful that he doesn't require many of those things for you. Uh, but to, to see how much they feared God and reverenced God, and then to come to the realization that that's the God that we serve today, uh, not some wishy-washy, uh, you know, effeminate God uh, that uh, the world wants you to believe is there, that just doesn't care about, uh, about what you do or how you do things. It's just not the case. Uh, God is very particular about worship. He's very specific uh, about what He wants and what He requires from us. And that's what we've been focusing on uh, for the past couple weeks uh, in the, this message uh, or the messages that we've been preaching surrounding our refocusing in 2020. And we read, uh, uh, or I quoted from, and we looked at verse number 13 uh, this last week uh, in passing, but uh, as we get a running start to that, and really three basic things that I want to get across uh, to you today about the fear of the Lord, keeping His commandments, and the judgment seat of Christ uh, that the Bible talks about. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes and you're not really paying attention, you can kind of come to the conclusion uh, that, uh, that nothing really matters. And what I mean by that is when we look at vanities, the vanities that the Scriptures are talking about uh, are uh, meaningless results. There's many things in life that we do and that we enjoy, things that we pursue, uh, that really when it comes down, they don't mean a whole lot. Uh, we know that when we die, uh, we can't take anything that's here with us outside of the things we've done for Christ, perhaps the people we've led to the Lord and uh, in our things that we do in our service for God, but uh, our houses, uh, you know, all that. Uh, right behind our house, they're putting in, so gonna, I think they're going to bulldoze down one house, and I think they're putting up 60 more houses just right behind my houses. Man, they're just going up uh, everywhere. Uh, and, and people want to uh, trade in their old house, get a new house. It's bigger and better, whether it's vehicles, whether it's houses, whether it's whatever. Uh, that's just kind of the pursuit that the world gets into and we can buy into and do ourselves as Christians uh, and, and get out of focus. Uh, but none of those things really matter. When we die, 
Uh, it's like the scriptures say, naked came out of this world, naked will I, uh, uh, you know, will I leave it. Uh, paraphrasing, we are not going to take anything with us when we go. Uh, so our focus needs to be upon things above, not on things uh, on the earth, uh, but heavenly things, be heavenly minded, uh, thus our priority for 2020 uh, in refocusing. So you can read it and think, well, um, there's a bunch of stuff that's talking about in the scriptures that, uh, that uh, are vanity. In fact, let's turn back to uh, chapter number one. I'm not going to look at every, uh, every chapter, uh, but just a couple of things in the first chapter uh, that deal with vanities. Uh, uh, there's vanity in nature. Verse number three, the Bible says of chapter number one, what profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? Uh, you know, it's we, we gain, uh, we, we get money. Uh, the saying I, I've said many times, we, we, uh, we buy the food or we work the job. We dig the ditch to, to get the money, to buy the food, uh, to get the strength to dig the ditch. It's just this circle uh, that we do in life. Uh, you, you work and you pay your bills and you work and you try to put a little bit aside. Uh, and there seems to be no profit uh, for all the labor that we do under the sun. Uh, our labors physically, our labors as, uh, on our pursuit of money is, a, is an exercise in vanity. Uh, and we know it to be true. And we've heard a, a million examples of people who are celebrities, people who've got a lot of money uh, when, uh, they, when they finally got or what they thought was enough, it wasn't enough for them. It didn't buy them happiness. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't help them uh, with, uh, with discouragements and other types of things. In fact, oftentimes it compounds it when you, uh, when you factor in the difficulties that come uh, with, uh, with, with money. Uh, history, uh, verse number nine says, the thing which hath been, uh, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Uh, there's a vanity in, of life when we look back in history. All things, there's nothing new. Um, we are, I mean, uh, how many of you are, I'm not wearing a paisley tie, but uh, anybody got a paisley tie on here today? Uh, they're back. They're in. Uh, they've they've gone out and come back in. They've they've gone out and come back in. Never throw away a paisley tie uh, if you got one. And you know what I'm talking about. You've got stuff in your closet. Uh, when you when how about if you just go to places now, Starbucks or whatever. Everything's the 70s. Uh, all the decor or whatever. Uh, some of you have been holdouts. You haven't remodeled your house. You don't you don't need to now. Uh, it's all back in. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, but in history, uh, there is vanity in science. Verse number 13, And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the Son of Men to be exercised therewith. Uh, there's, there's vanity in philosophy. Uh, verse number 17, And I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this is also vexation of spirit, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Um, I've read a quote by R.G. Lee about philosophy. He said this, Philosophy is a chunk of cloud bank buttered with the night wind. Now I have no idea what that means, but it sounded pretty cool. Uh, and uh, philosophy is a chunk of cloud bank buttered with the night wind. And that's really what it is. Uh, we're, we're ever learning, the Bible says, and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. In fact, the scriptures that we read as our text speak to a weariness that comes with learning and studying. And that's really what people do. We're trying to figure it all out. What's the meaning of life? People are trying to search for answers in everything under the sun except for where they need to in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Uh, and not too long ago, I was thinking about, I had a couple books I was reading. I like, I like to read. I like to, uh, to um, read books that, uh, that help me to get better in my life with different things. So I, I've got books going, uh, several, one in my briefcase I can take out anytime, uh, my nightstand, everything. Uh, there's books all over the place I enjoy reading. Uh, but there's no end of books. Uh, and a, a restful time to me would be just kind of, you know, sitting perhaps on a porch somewhere and uh, in, on some or lawn furniture or whatever, sun's out, uh, and just read a book. Uh, that's relaxing, uh, and I like to learn. And, I, and, and as long as I'm alive, I'm probably still going to learn. But when you think about the vanity of all that, to, to read and to read and to read and, uh, and to really you know, learn about a lot of different things uh, and, and, and none of it really matter when it un- all comes down to it according to Scripture. But we should ever be bettering ourselves. I'm not going to stop that exercise, but I realize that there is a vanity in it. Uh, I've got a lot of books in my office, and I've seen libraries. People have of books after books after books after books, uh, and there's no end to them. Uh, and, and everybody is reinventing. When you read something, you say, well, I've read this somewhere before. Uh, there's just a lot of that. So the vanities that, that, that Solomon is speaking about will help us to feel, or at least cause us to feel, uh, that nothing really matters. But then he puts this addendum on the end of this, and he starts where he began, says, all is vanities. And he says this, and moreover, because the preacher was wise... He still taught the people knowledge. Uh, the preacher being Solomon, the preacher and the king, both at Solomon. Uh, and, uh, and he says, yes, everything is van- vanity, uh, but in wisdom, I'm still going to teach knowledge. And he taught the people knowledge, yea, and he gave good heed. Not only did he teach it, but he gave heed to it. Now, Solomon was a wise man, uh, but he also made a lot of mistakes like uh, those had gone on before him. Even though we know things, have knowledge about the Word of God, as an example, we still will transgress uh, against God and uh, will disobey Him uh, in His Word. But He says, I'm going to still teach the people. I'm going to give good heed. And He sought it out. And when you read Proverbs, uh, the, that's a lot of that wisdom. And it was wisdom that was acceptable words and, and things that were truth that He put in there that we can learn and, and apply to our lives in a very practical way. One of my favorite books in the Bible is uh, the book of Proverbs for that very thing. You can read it. Boy, here's one good thought. And here's another good thought. And boy, I can apply that. And I see, I see this in my life. And boy, that would be something to aspire to. And uh, I've got to gain wisdom and understanding and knowledge. And so it's filled with truth. It was compiled and organized and placed under inspiration of God, of course, by Solomon, uh, the preacher, uh, the, uh, the full of wisdom. He says this in verse 10, The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of the assembly. Now, this is not the, uh, the words or the wisdom of, of the secularly or the politically wise. Uh, these were the words of the spiritually wise, the holy men. He said uh, the words of the wise, and we know that to be so because it says, which are given from one shepherd. That's a reference to, uh, to God himself. Uh, these are words that inspired, uh, and they're as goads. Now, uh, I, I can't really get into it, uh, but a goad, an ox goad, really is the, uh, a pointy uh, stick uh, that they would use to prod and to poke 
the uh, horse or the mule uh, or whatever, the cattle, the oxen, uh, an ox goad, uh, like Shamgar in the, in the book of Judges slew a bunch of Philistines with, with an ox goad. Uh, and what had a uh, thing to turn over stuff on one side of it, on the other side uh, came to a point, uh, and uh, here a bunch of Philistines were, and he went out there and killed them all with a big pointy stick. I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Uh, and I hope we can play that video back uh, when we're in heaven uh, and see how that all, uh, all panned out. Uh, but the word of God, the words of the wise, the Bible are as an ox goad. Part of my job is to poke you. Uh, to provoke you uh, with the words of the wise uh, and, to, and to make and to push you along. Uh, and the Bible says there is goads and his nails fastened. There's a, uh, a, a security about that. There is a thing that you can, uh, you can say nails, you can hang things on if you want to look at it that way. But the words of the wise are that. And verse number 12 says, And further by these, my son, be admonished. He's talking about the words of the wise and wisdom. The things are said, the Proverbs, the word of God, uh, all that, that God is saying as he gives him, his, the revelation of himself to us uh, in his word. He says, And further by these, it's look, those things, uh, my son, be admonished. Of the making of books, there is no end, and much study uh, is a weariness of flesh. So coming from a, from a man... Uh, who was the wisest man ever uh, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, uh, but filled with wisdom, writing scripture. We, we know from his kingdom, we know from the Bible as well as secular history, uh, wisdom upon wisdom, and that's just what Sol- Solomon was. And what he said was, in all that seeking and all that, uh, there's no end to uh, our search for wisdom. In, in books, there are no end. And with much study is weariness of the flesh. That, uh, that is a, a verse that might be quoted by your teenager as you tell them uh, to keep doing their homework. Uh, and, uh, and it is. Sometimes you, you get tired. Now, uh, uh, fact, your brain never really gets tired. Uh, you get to tired, but your brain, it's good. It can still keep going. Uh, it doesn't fatigue like what we would excuse uh, ourselves with. Uh, it doesn't get tired. And he says, uh, there's so much, there's no end to it, uh, and uh, there's weariness in it. So he says, here's the sum of it. Uh, He says in verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. That is the sum and substance of all that has been written, the whole conclusion, the sum of what we need either to know uh, or do or enjoy. It's the meaning of life. Here's here's all you need to know uh, in life uh, is summed up in these verses. Uh, and, and, and it seems to be pretty clear, uh, but it is not. In fact, I, I did a, uh, a thing the, uh, on the internet uh, last week about fearing God. Uh, and I got pushback from people like, uh, like, uh, uh, like, say, we're not to have the spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. Uh, people are crazy today about how they view God and view the Bible. You're supposed to fear God. Now, it's not the fear, because what they think, oh, I, I'm supposed to be af- afraid of God. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what the Scripture says. Uh, and I'm not afraid of God, uh, because I have no reason to be afraid of God. One, I'm, uh, I'm, no, I'm no longer under condemnation uh, in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm His child, uh, and He loves His children. His thoughts towards me are good thoughts. Uh, we talked about this even uh, this last week. 
Um, God loves me he, and, uh, and he wants to bless me and he communes with me uh, and, and it's, it's blessing upon blessing upon blessing. God's not out to get me. I'm not afraid of him, uh, but I fear him. And I wanted to explain that uh, to you uh, today uh, from, uh, from this passage and show you some other verses about fearing him uh, in the Bible. And so I'm going to have you turn really quickly to a couple of them. I look at Proverbs 14 and verse number 2. Uh, if while you're turning there, let me just say this uh, about the fear of God. The fear of God is not to be afraid of Him, but the fear of God is to honor and revere Him, to worship Him as God. Reverence, that's why He says in Malachi, uh, you know, uh, I'm your, if I be a father, where's my fear? Uh, God wants us to... To have that, and so when we read in Scripture, like if you've been reading the ninety-day Bible reading challenge, and uh, and you'll remember where uh, Moses is, he is getting uh, commandments from God, uh, and he says, "No man see me, see me, uh, see my face," and he'll show him the hinder parts as he as he went by, and uh, and when the Shekinah glory, when people around it, Moses' face would shown uh, was shine, and uh, and uh, and there were there were um, you can you can look upon God. And by the way, you still can't. Uh, the glory of God fills the temple. Uh, the glory of God in heaven, we think about uh, the book of Isaiah. Uh, but today, uh, most Christians don't worship that God. Uh, they, they are super duper irreverent when it comes to their view of who God is. Uh, they blaspheme Him. Uh, they, they, they've conjured up in their mind an image of God that is not an image of God from the Bible. Uh, and if that's the God that they worship, uh, they're worshiping a false God uh, because that's not who God is. God is a God uh, who should be feared. He, when you look at what we've been reading, uh, it, that is very evident. But you realize that many New Testament Christians don't spend hardly any time in the, New, in the Old Testament at all. It's no wonder that they, they have a false view of God uh, when, when, they, when they don't want to read about it. In fact, they'll read about it and it just kind of it makes them cringe or uh, they become very critical about uh, God and how could he do this and how could he do that. Uh, there, there's just a whole lot of stuff in there. Uh, but it's the same God today that we serve as what we read about in the Old Testament. In Proverbs 14, 2 says, He that walketh in uprightness feareth the Lord, and he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, in verse number 7, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, just write these down. Deuteronomy 6, verse number 2 says, thou, That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Depart from the snares of, of death. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. I mean, you can go on and on and on uh, in the Bible. Uh, God says that we're supposed to fear Him. That's the sum of it. Uh, what, is, what is life about? What, is my, what should my pursuit be? Where should I find enjoyment? Uh, when it all comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road, uh, your life is supposed to be a life of one that fears God. And if, and if it isn't, then all of your pursuits uh, are absolute 100% vanity. You're wasting your time. Because when, when you die and stand before God, uh, your, your Roth IRA, uh, your 401k, 
your real estate pro portfolio. You could have cars upon cars. I read before I came in here, somebody found a matchbox car. How many of you had those when you were a kid? I wish I'd kept them all. I'd be a millionaire. Uh, and uh, a matchbox car, a limited edition, uh, white, uh, convertible type of a, I can't remember what it was, uh, and it's worth $100,000. And, uh, and it's just sitting in his basement in his toy box or some kind of thing like that. You, you, could, you could be sitting on a gold mine, some of you, uh, with all those things. But anyway, you could have 10 of those things. When, when you die, none of it's going to matter. Not, not one, one bit of it. We can talk about leaving a legacy for our children's children and, uh, and being proper stewards and all those things, uh, but, uh, but uh, I've seen too many people live and die uh, with, with empty memorial services, uh, with no money uh, or lots of money, but you know what? They're still just as dead. And, and it's, a, it's a sad case when we have this book and we can read it every single day, uh, yet we live our life in ungodly pursuits. I'm not against amusement. I'm not against having fun and enjoying life. If we were to read Ecclesiastes, God says to do that. And we should live our life and we should have abundant life and, uh, and, and enjoy things. Uh, but uh, but when, when you know, things turn and maybe you lose something or you don't have, uh, we, we can't get so bent out of shape. We are pilgrims. We're on, a, we're on a pilgrimage. We're in this world. We're just passing through a vapored life, and we're supposed to live it uh, in fear of God. Uh, a, here's what fear, the fear of God is. A well-grounded, holy reverence for God. It's, it's the honor that weakness pays to, uh, to uh, excuse me, the honor which weakness pays to power. Uh, it is which he who receives everything pays to him who gives everything. Uh, it's what intelligence pays to wisdom. It's a reverence for God. Uh, it's what, what, what moral, uh, you know, uh, people who have a spiritual nature, they've been saved uh, by the blood of Christ, what they give to somebody who is good, uh, who is love, uh, who is absolutely uh, um, worth everything to us. That's what reverence is. It's, it's not, it's not what God, what's God going to do to me today. Uh, that's not the fear that God wants us to have. Uh, but he says to fear him, so I better figure it out. Uh, fearing God means that he is the most important thing in our life. Everything that in our life just revolves around him. We think the sun, the moon, the stars, everything revolves around us. Uh, and, uh, and you might say, well, I, I just really don't think that. You do. Uh, and, and even the most spiritual people uh, that we can read about in Scripture uh, had at least uh, portions of time uh, in the biblical accounts where they thought pretty too highly of themselves too. And, and it didn't work out whenever we do that. Uh, whenever they did it, whenever we do it, uh, we've got to keep our focus. The Bible says to fear God uh, is what our job should be. It's the inward worship of God reverence and love and trust and devotedness of heart to serve God and to praise Him. Uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, a loathness, a, a hatred to do anything uh, that would offend God, uh, and, uh, and we are to love His Word and to read it. Uh, I was reminded of the Scripture uh, in uh, 1 John 5, 3, as I was reading um, through Leviticus the other day. Uh, here's what 1 John 5, 3 says, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. 
Uh, I've quoted that verse at, you know, many, many times uh, in sermons here at Berean Baptist Church. Uh, his commandments are not grievous. The, the love of God is this. So we're supposed to love God. But the Bible teaches us that the fear of God uh, is, is proven by or a, an evidence of love for God is keeping commandments of God. It's obeying Him. And by the way, I don't care if you, have, if you don't have a, an ounce of love uh, in you for God, you're still duty-bound to obey Him. That's the conclusion of the whole matter. Uh, it, is to, it says, fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. The whole duty. It's your responsibility. You're supposed to go to the Bible uh, and read it uh, and obey it uh, and, and do your hardest every single day to do so. In a fear and a reverence for God and who He is and, uh, and He's created everything and He's created me and he's, uh, and he's bought me, He's redeemed me. I'm not my own. I'm a living sacrifice. I'm a bondservant. Uh, but modern day Christianity is how you know uh, you've, been just set, you've been set free. And someone who, uh, like in the Old Testament times, who had been set free, who decides that they want to serve uh, their master because they love them, that's what I do as a Christian. That's what you should do. And by the way, uh, never ever say to a Christian uh, who is living a bondservant life, uh, who they've taken up uh, the yoke of Jesus because he says my burden is light, uh, and criticize them for doing so like they're in some sort of bondage because they're, they're not. Uh, they love God and they want to keep His commandments. Uh, let's read some verses about that. So, so uh, the Bible says this in John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And, that lo- and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Verse number 23 of John 14. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. John 15, verse number 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. John 15, 14. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. 1 John 2, verse 3, it says this, And hereby we do know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. Uh, he that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in Him. But whoso keepeth His word in Him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in Him. Uh, that'll go you right there, won't it? The Bible says, if you, if you say you love God, and you don't keep His commandments, it says you're a liar. And, uh, and that doesn't settle well with me because I know a lot of people who say they love God and disobey Him every single day. Now, I'm not to say that, that you're going to be sinless and, uh, and, and not you know, fail and fail miserably uh, and epically. Uh, you're going to do that. Uh, but it ought to kill you when you do. It ought to bother you. It ought to grieve you when you grieve God, grieve the Holy Spirit, when you transgress against Him, uh, the one who loves you more than anybody else. Uh, who gave his son to die on, on Calvary's tree for you, uh, and to sin against him ought to just break your heart. And so you confess it and you get it right, and you know that you're saved and, and, and on your way to heaven, uh, but your sin separates you from God and your, and your fellowship with him. Uh, and so if you, if you say this, and it's why I get crazy, I don't get crazy mad, uh, but it bothers me, I guess, when people say, just because, just because you do that doesn't mean you love God more than I do. It certainly does. 
I'm not going to apologize for saying that. Somebody who obeys God more than you loves God more than you. That's just the bottom line. And you cannot like that. And you can, you, can, you can say, well, I just don't believe that. Then you can take that up with God because the Bible says the opposite of what you believe. If you love him, you're going to keep his commandments. Oh, I just, uh, you know, I just, I just don't agree with that. I'm sorry that you don't, uh, but you need to. First John three twenty two says this, and whatsoever we ask. Here's an important part about people say, well, uh, you know, uh, you know, what is the benefit of obedience to God on this earth? Uh, and uh, and the thing, there's plenty of things. The Bible says thirtyfold, sixtyfold, hundredfold uh, houses and uh, and in uh, and family. There's many blessings. Uh, obedience is its own reward, the Bible says and teaches us. But notice what it says here in 1 John uh, 3, verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. If, if, if you hear another Christian say to you uh, that doing, you know, Doing things for God is not gonna is not gonna make God do anything more for you or whatever. It's just being, and you need to uh, uh, just rest on your assurance or whatever, and just that you're saved. Uh, you read that verse to him. God answers prayer uh, for people who love Him and keep His commandments. If 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 you just want if you just want your prayers answered, you ought to obey God uh, and read His Word uh, and do those things which are pleasing in His sight. We know there's things that are displeasing. The Bible says there are things that are pleasing, and we should want to do them. The Bible says in First John three twenty four, and he that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him, uh, and He in Him, and hereby we know that He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. Second uh, John six says, and this is love, that we walk after His commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in. That's what loving God is. It's doing what he says. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? So in, you, can, you can read a thousand books this year in 2020 uh, about philosophy and, uh, and about life and trying to figure out who you are and where is your place in this universe uh, and uh, do I have purpose, and what is that purpose, and on and on and on, and we're in constant pursuit of it. And by the way, uh, you'll, you'll have, uh, uh, here's my purpose, and then a couple years later, the, then kind of retool that, this is my purpose, and here's my next job, or here's my next thing, and, and whatever, and you're going to live, uh, and you're going to be up and down and wonder, is it worth it all? Did I make the right choice? Uh, you'll look back 10 years ago, and you'll have regret. Uh, you'll, you, some of you might even think this today. I'm not where I thought I would be five years ago, 10 years ago. And you'll become disappointed uh, because of, of all those thoughts. All the time thinking, am I good enough? Uh, what am I supposed to do? What does God want for me? He wants you to fear him and he wants you to obey him. That's the whole duty. That's the sum of it all. So you've got to ask yourself the question, do I fear God? Uh, do, I, do I reverence him? Uh, do I, uh, there, people can't be bothered today uh, with, uh, with pretty much anything uh, in respect to reverencing God. We disrespect them. And I mean, there's, you know, there's, we're so far gone from that kind of stuff. We treat God's house with disdain. Uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't go to church all the time when we should. Uh, we, we, we don't pray. Uh, reading our Bible, just the very prospect of reading our Bible for 60 minutes a day uh, is uh, some of you just blew a cork. 
It's like, how is that even possible to do that in 2020? And that's exactly why uh, you should be doing it in 2020. You're, you're, you're off kilter. You know, uh, you know uh, do you love God? Then get in this word. That's how he's going to speak to you. And I promise you, I guarantee you that people have been in that Bible every day uh, since we started this, that God has shown them things about himself and about them uh, every single day. Because that's how God works. That's how God speaks to us. You're supposed to love them and fear them. And then you're just supposed to obey them. And when you look in that Bible uh, and, uh, and it, there's a commandment in there and there's lots of them. Old Testament and New Testament. And there are a whole lot of things in the Old Testament, even the dietary laws. Think about it for a second. And I have to move forward my last point. Um, if we were to follow the dietary laws that God laid, we'd probably be a whole lot healthier. You know, uh, it's just, uh, I mean, that's just the bottom line. We don't have to. I mean, you could eat fried whatever, everything, uh, and, and just uh, Twinkies and whatever. They still make Twinkies, right? Uh, and you could, you could just eat whatever you want. Uh, but if we ate like they ate in the Bible, it would probably be good for us. If we, if we lived uh, the way that they lived uh, in the Old Testament, in many respects, it would be good. Now, here's, uh, here's the thing. Ecclesiastes, uh, much of it seems like, you know, a lot of these things that he's pointing out, a lot of things don't matter. But he, but he clarifies this in the end, and really what he's teaching us is that everything matters. Everything matters. Look at verse number 14. Uh, it says, verse 13, rather, uh, Fear God, keep His commandments, this is the whole duty of man, for... God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. At the final judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us is going to give an account. And what the Bible says that every work, every thought, every idle thought, every, everything that we've spoken, uh, we give account for everything. Everything that you thought about uh, you know, uh, in, uh, when you thought nobody else was around, um, you're going to give an account for that. You're going to, God is going to bring that up at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, not talking about sins that you've confessed or forgiven that he says he'll remember no more. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just saying uh, that the Bible says very clearly that we're going to stand before him. Uh, it will matter how we use our time. Uh, whether we wasted it on foolish things or pleasures or, uh, or whether we worked hard for the Lord. It will matter uh, what we did with our money, uh, whether we spent it on ourselves or invested it uh, into uh, the kingdom of God. It will matter what we did with our bodies. It will matter what our eyes saw or our hands touched or what our mouths spoke. Uh, it's going to matter whether we obeyed our father and mother um, and uh, uh, so, um, or uh, we, you know, did we give them some kind of look when we walked away? All that's going to matter. What we did for a two-year-old will matter the way we made time for our children is going to matter. Uh, what we said about someone else's performance is going to matter. Uh, the proud boast, the selfish, uh, uh, the selfish sacrifice will matter. Uh, the household task and the homework, the cup of water, the tear, the compassion, the everything, everything matters. Everything does. Every idle thought, everything you do, it's going to, how you, how you have lunch today uh, how you treat the, uh, the, the service, uh, the waitress, the waiter at the restaurant, it, it absolutely 100% matters. How you, how you talk to your spouse, uh, how you behave, everything needs to be in line with the fact that we're supposed to fear God uh, and obey His Word. 
everything matters. That's the sum of all of it. Um, God wants us to be conscious of Him and who He is and to fear Him. To get into His Word and obey Him and obey every way. And then not just cherry pick. There's a lot of things. There's things that I need to do and you need to do uh, that we're in disobedience to God. And if God brought one of them to your mind today, then you ought to hit the altar when the altar call starts. Say, God, I don't fear you like I should. I don't reverence you. Uh, you know, it, it, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things about how you speak, how you, uh, how you carry yourself, um, what you, how you view church, worship, the things of God, uh, how you, I mean, in, in the Old Testament, it's like take off your shoes. This, this is holy ground. Um, it's, 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 it's looking to God in, in, in getting low. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's the kind of thing that people would do. We just, we just you know, go to God uh, dirty and filthy and, and we don't even care. Uh, because we think God doesn't care. But that's not the God of the, uh, of the Bible. Uh, and it's no wonder uh, that churches are so messed up today uh, because we don't have a proper view of God. Um, it doesn't matter what your work path is um, or uh, what your goals are uh, for retirement or um, what you're going to do tomorrow or 10 years from now. Um, doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters? Your entire whole duty is to fear God and keep His commandments. Bottom line. So if I think of refocus in 2020 and like, okay, uh, what, what, what am I doing with my life? Uh, and which direction am I going in? If you don't at least apply this scripture, uh, you're going to be going in the absolutely wrong direction. So what do you do? You fix it. Um, you get a, a proper view of God from your Bible. Um, if when, you, when you read you know, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, um, you get a view of, of God in His holiness uh, that I think um, the average Christian today, who, who, by the way, in their church, they didn't even preach the Bible. Uh, and they're not, they're not reading it. And, uh, and they're, not, they're not in their Old Testament because they feel that's law and they don't, they don't need that. Uh, they've compartmentalized. They read, they read the New Testament. And by the way, they don't even read all of it. Uh, and, they, and they fashion a whole faith uh, in church or churchianity uh, around all of that. Uh, and, uh, and they're going to be sadly, sadly, they are sadly mistaken. And when they stand before God and they give an account for that, uh, they're going to suffer loss um, because God is a just, righteous, holy, terrible God uh, that, we'll, that, we'll, that deserves our 100% absolute reverence. Uh, and, and we should bow our heads to Him when we pray, uh, and, uh, and it just shouldn't be, nothing, nothing should be done as haphazardly as we do it. So that's my, my challenge for you today. My question is, do you fear Him, and are you obeying Him? Uh, and are you doing that in light of the fact that you're going to stand before Him, and, and you could stand before Him today. I saw a video uh, the other day uh, that was, uh, the whole purpose was to talk about how how, how, you know, just like that, you can go off in eternity. And it was at a stoplight. I can't remember who, who shared it. Stoplight, four lanes uh, on, in some town somewhere. And so four different vehicles, green light, four different vehicles went out in a semi-truck 
going, I don't even know how fast, just wipe all them vehicles out just like that. Can you think about how many times that maybe you're in a car at a stoplight and you're sneaking in a text? You know, or you're reaching down to take a sip of coffee and, and think, I'm, you know, here's my next thing, here's what I'm doing, or you're daydreaming about whatever, singing the song that's on the radio, and just like that, gone into eternity. Um, I hope that you're prepared to meet God in salvation, yes. Uh, but most of the people in this room are professing Christians. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm just afraid uh, that if we went today, um, we'd have to give an account for a whole lot of things to our behavior with God uh, and uh, in our lack of, of commitment to Him and lack of devotion. I mean, it's, it's not whole heart. It's not even half-hearted. It's just whenever, whenever I get the, a whim type of religion that God is not satisfied with. And so if, you're, if you were to die today and stand before God, is it going to go well for you? Is that the life you're living in fear and in, in, in keeping commandments with Him? Uh, or do you just think about God every so often and, uh, and hoping that He tarries so that at some point you can get it right? Uh, get it right today uh, might be a good thing for us to do. Uh, fear God and keep His commandments, the whole duty uh, of man. Let's all stand uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And